And now, poetry corner with the Crumblies. Christmas is a coming, and the goose is getting fat. Here's something else that's lardy. It's a William Shat. Twas the night before Christmas. All was quite in the house. Nothing was stirring. Not even a mouse. He was pissed like everyone else. And now, stay tuned for staggering stories. One hundred and twenty. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to this Staggering Stories Podcast 120. I'm Crumbly. Oh, I'm Fake Crumbly. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. I'm Jean. I'm Construct Number Two. And I am a small green lump of putty I found in my armpit one midsummer's afternoon. Eww. Real Keith. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, without further ado, with gun in hand, striding purposely through the barren wasteland that was the European Union. It's the news with El Presidente. Doctor Who news. Is there any? There is. Doctor Who, the motion picture. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, BBC Worldwide, once known as BBC Enterprises, is still beavering away at trying to turn Doctor Who into a silver screen cash cow. (laughs) Various failed attempts litter Doctor Who's history, but might this latest finally succeed? (gasps) British filmmaker and Harry Potter director David Yates has announced in an interview with Variety magazine that he is working to bring the Doctor to the cinema. We're looking at writers now. We're going to spend two to three years to get it right. It needs quite a radical transformation to take it into the bigger arena. The notion of the time-travelling Time Lord is such a strong one, because you, you can express story and drama in any dimension or time. Russell T. Davies and then Stephen Moffat, last toffee. Amen. 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 Thank you. Have done their own transformations, which were fantastic. But we have to put that aside and start from scratch. We want a British sensibility, but having said that... Stephen Cloves wrote the Potter films and captured their British sensibility perfectly, so we are looking at American writers too. An overwhelmingly negative reaction to the idea exploded through Doctor Who fandom with the inevitable petition to stop the film. Will this be good, bad or indifferent for the TV series? Is it too soon to tell? Will it ever get out of production hell? Could I just say... Yeah. I think it's a really, really good I, idea. No problem, Although, yeah. reading really? through the forums, lots of people have told me why I'm wrong. Yeah. I have to say I'm uh, worried about it. Mm. Why? Yeah, not in the least. Why? why? Yeah, they, they, they didn't screw up Harry Potter. Arguably. but no, uh, Hermione did that one. <laughs> despite the fact yeah. that Steve Close wrote it. Nothing, yeah. about, nothing about J.K. Rowling did it. <laughs> well, yeah, I did notice that. But, yeah. but my problem is not so much that they will mess it up, but as it will affect the TV series in some way. Look what happened when the TV movie came out. Uh, they took away the license from Virgin. And if Big Finish were going, they would have taken that away too. Uh, for a few years after that, BBC couldn't make New Doc 2 until the uh, the rights went back to the BBC. That's, well, well th- hopefully they won't make the same mistake again this time. I think I don't know. that is because they sold the whole rights yeah. to Fox. 
uh, Universal or whatever. Right for fo- whatever. But yeah, they, they sold the rights to a different company. Well, if they yeah. s- sold the rights to Fox, I mean, the series would have been cancelled after one season. So. Yeah. Mm. Well, but also, where it started. No, but also right. the, the fact that, one, this is at least about three or four years down the line. Yes. Yeah. Two, they are making BBC, uh, they're making Who at the moment. So that's got to be written into the contract. Yeah, well, I don't a big think part might... of the reason why uh, Doctor Who died back in 1989 was because they were trying to make it spin it off into a co-production or a TV or a well, film. That, that's, that was the sensibilities of the BBC at that time. Yeah. I'm not saying that isn't the sensibilities of the BBC now. Yeah, very cash Yeah, Yeah, but it was, as you said, do it as a co-production because we can't afford to do it ourselves. Mm. The fact that uh, it is getting them the maximum amount of money with various show-offs, spin-offs, uh, would they be willing to split that cash fund that is coming in with a different corporation licence. My big concern with it is not so much it's a film that's going at the same time as the TV series. There haven't been that many that were successful, but there have been some. Oh, see, we, there was the two percussion films. That's it. But it's more, if it's going to be standalone, separate from the TV programme, so you're not going to have any funding implications... Are you going to have a different actor leading the role? Because otherwise you're going to have a whole problem of the series running slow because the lead actor's making the film. So you've got to have two different Doctors running parallel. Yes. um, Which, is that going to confuse kids or not? The other thing they're talking about, if they're talking about taking it back to its beginnings, are we going back to how he became, you know, the Time Lord leaving um, Gallifrey? One thing that was suggested was it wouldn't be so bad if they could get Paul McGann or someone like that to reprise it and do it from the point of the Dalek Wars. So you've mm. got the kids know that that was a Doctor and accept that looking at a point in time that we didn't see kind of style, which might work. But is it going to be confusing having the two two actors I mean, running parallel at the same time? Well, give, given the public reaction to uh, co-productions, I mean, especially sort of Torchwood, uh, Miracle Day, I mean, that's co-production between the BBC and St- uh, yeah, Star Trek. I don't know that turned out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I think the problem with that one wasn't the fact that it was a co-production, it was the script. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, that's always a problem with these big Hollywood films, oh, too. Yeah. It's written by committee. I, I'm not denying and it's that. it's a blockbuster mentality. You know the structure of the film before you even see it. it, it yeah, it could come out as complete pants. I, I admit that. It could come out as a spectacular. I admit that. It's well, we nicely hope. hopeful, and I don't see the point of uh, panning it before it's mm. even... Yes, thank you. Even yeah, anywhere no, near production. He's, all he said yeah, is, I mean, yes, he'd well, be interested yeah, in doing it, said, and people are out there ready to slit their wrists and hunt him down and murder him yeah. for something well, that hasn't you, been done yet. You said the word spectacular. I mean, as I say, it's all Doctor Who isn't, isn't about explosions. And sort of no, spectacular is a very Hollywood word, no, though. You know, it's, um, I, I think some of the fans have got to remember, and, and I did the same, I didn't pan the idea of the new Doctor Who or anything, but I did spend ages saying... I will believe it happens oh, yeah. when um, I see the closing yeah, credits that's roll. That's a completely different thing, and though. That was not believing it was coming no, back. No, that's it. But I think with this, you've got to have a slightly similar mentality of a case of I'll believe it's good or I'll believe it's bad once I've seen yeah. it. There's no point second-guessing it. It might be very, very good. It's entirely going to depend on how they're going to deal with it. So my my only concern with it is that they're going to want to use the same as the TV cast, in which case that can't means that no, they can't. you they have no series or what have you or the confusion of the two running together. But other than that, you know, you can't slam it. You can't say it's going to be wonderful because yeah. we don't know what it's going to be there like. There are dangers, though. Um, merchandising. What happens 
if they use a police box in the film, will the film company mm. want the rights to the police box? Well, I mean, is, that's the thing, sort of, yeah, the, uh, sort of no, royalties the, and stuff like that. that. Sort of, who do they go to? I mean, we've hmm. already had that. Uh, the uh, Metropolitan Police tried to get the rights for the police box. Yeah, but... And that was thrown out of court. Yeah, but this won't be a court case. This would be BBC giving it to the company. Well, this well, is no, where you we've can do got it sort of, under licence and that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, we've got to um, hope that they've lear- they learnt from what happened last time and will make the contract very strict. I mean, Doctor Who's always going to um, bring in money I've, for the BBC, lots of money, and I don't yeah. see them bowing down to the Americans yeah. over yeah, something. the Americans want to have full control, it's well, Hollywood. They can't, I, they can't I, have it. <laughs> I, I, know, I have to point this out, and I know it is slightly different, but uh, the Who role-playing game. Right. Yeah, the amount, the amount of months mm-hmm. it takes them to get things past the BBC license fee. We are yeah. we are mm. two years behind on some of the books because the BBC hasn't given the license. They're still looking at the merchandise they've produced, deciding whether to grant a yay or nay. That's a good thing, but I can't see any Hollywood studio would sit for that. But well, you then think it just won't happen, because yeah. I don't see the BBC No, the BBC bowing. would give away the rights. They will, they will have to bow down to this big multinational company like uh, was it Universal, whoever it is. No, unless they, dis- J- they decide J- to say, well, why don't we just make it over here? I was going to say, J.K. still owns the rights to Harry Potter. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was the thing that was, because... Uh, um, when the film rights to the Harry Potter series was granted, I mean, sort of J.K. Rowling sort of made sure she had a very controlling hand over it. Sort of mm. One of her mm. stipulations was no American actors. Mm. I mean, she insisted on sort of the lead role going to an English actor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sort of maybe, you sort of perhaps the BBC, yeah, the BBC should you know, sort of have a firm hand in doing, doing that as well. I'm not sure they were savvy as J.K. Rowling. But. Mm. And there is, more, there is more times that films and TVs cross over now and you get bits from TV series come into films almost on loan. Film companies don't suddenly own that. You know, if a film company does a homage to Bond, they don't suddenly own the Bond rights. And, you know, even if you think the music, you get the music to films, they don't suddenly own the Who song or what have you that's the music. They work out rights of using that music mm-hmm. for the programme, but they don't suddenly own the back catalogue and all that kind of stuff. So there is, there is the facility and ways around using something whilst not, definitely owning it i mean the maybe on this one is that they say they own the rights to the design of the tardis they use for the series so they make it slightly different on the outside different mm-hmm. dimension they use a bespoke internal mm-hmm. setting because it changes and that's what they have the right to so mm-hmm. the the tv we can't use that one on the tv but let's say it looks like a 1920s art deco house well that will be the film right version it's like the um the tardis that um they used in the last film the interior yeah. it was nothing like oh that's changed nothing like the one we've got now and that was absolutely fine it was the still TV the tardis movie. the tv yeah. movie yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah and you know like you said they'll just do that again yeah maybe it's more the, the police box and the interior because the interior is either here but not there. The, the police box has changed how many yeah. times oh, since God, the william hartner one yeah. this is the one five. we've got now is not exactly the yeah. same as the william hartner oh, one. there's been four or five distinctly different but police boxes. your average layman would not bear tell six. difference mm. precisely well, and that's that's where you're getting into the finite of it the average layman won't but the lawyer will so the lawyer maybe. can argue right your police box for the film can be x y and z dimensions and that's the one you own Joe Bloggs looks at a blue police box. The big bit which really, I think, frightened fans was his line here, it needs quite a radical transformation to take it into the bigger arena. Well, it does. You can't, you're not going to get away with TV um, 
standards of production. Yeah. For yeah, a, I don't think it's and production. But also, though, also, you have to point out how many times has the show itself undergone a radical, radical transformation. I think the the strange thing about this show is it's a TV show that is run by people who love to keep make sure nothing changes so it still makes money but it's also a show that thrives on change yeah, yeah but uh, what does he mean by radical transformation? I think people are reading rewriting the history and I think people are already reading far too yeah, much into what, one line from a magazine yeah, and and what if they do radically rewrite history so what yeah but the thing the thing is your point is it's uh, an alternate take on it. Yeah, we, at, at, any one point, so at any one point in time, we've had running concurrently three alternate takes on the show. The, the Cushing movies, the Target books, and the show itself. Yeah, at their core, Cushing's somewhat lesser. At their core, they're still the same concept. Yeah, yeah the, so with this, I mean, if, if, if fans want to get pedantic about it, um, haven't we had recently radical shake-ups on alternative universes? Uh, resets, etc., etc. Oh, that doesn't exist because I want to reset the universe and I want to do this and that and the other. So if you've watched any of the, the Matt Smith series, you can't sit there and go, oh, I hate the idea of doing the Doctor Universe separate to what it was like. You've got Cybermen that were developed on an alternative oh, planet that weren't developed on Mondos, Mondas. I don't hear people going, oh, terrible, we <laughs> can't have those Cybermen because they're not traditional Doctor Cybermen, they're not from Mondas. Oh, there's, there's, a, there's a link on the radical. SFX forum for people saying that. I agree with you. I think people are making far too yeah. much fuss about it when it's little yeah, I, more than a throwaway line in a magazine interview. I think it's um, yeah, far too much fuss, far too early. It really is, it's and not and, like and a I universe. So what's the point of that? Yeah, <laughs> and I under, I understand why. I really do understand why. Um, non who fans look at us sometimes and think oh my <laughs> god you're all idiots yeah. i really do but on a um another point mm -hmm. someone's come up with a list of potential leads yeah, oh, potential on. doctors a couple of them are not bad yeah, right first one daniel radcliffe there's a picture oh, oh. <laughs> yes <laughs> um, i personally uh, don't like that one <laughs> he was in my running if they wanted a younger actor for this one <laughs> I mean, yeah. jude law jude law mm -hmm. not bad there's the one on Sean Connery, is there? Oh, don't you wish. Oh, shek share. Now, this one's one of my favourites, Robert Downey Jr. Yes. After yeah. seeing him in Sherlock Holmes, I think he'd yes. be wonderful. Maybe. The only reason I would say no is that the, the thing with the Doctor is always the Doctor has got to be bigger than the name of the actor in the plot. Well, I think that yeah. you've got, if you've got two big egos in one body and one's the actor and one's the character, something's going to implode. Yeah, I think he's a good I, enough no, actor to I pull it off. I think he's good. Michael Fassbender, he was um, oh, he's from he was young oh, Magneto, now. wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he was young, played young oh, yeah. Magneto. In oh yes, in X Men First Class, yes. He'd be all right. James McAvoy, he yes. was young Xavier. I think he'd be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Um, no women. Idris Elba. Yeah. Now, I like the idea of him simply because I love the idea mm. of the Doctor being called Idris. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Natalie Portman. <laughs> 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 slightly, slightly off the beaten track. Yeah. Um, Maybe Ponder's companion. Even. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew Garfield. I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's from, yeah, I know he's, he's too much of a hunky good looker. The Doctor's no. got to be slightly quirky looking. I, I, I haven't like seen him in that no, much, so I couldn't say. 
Johnny Depp. Oh, I think that would be a bad idea. As much as I love Johnny, no. Oh, blimey. Could you could you imagine that? You know, the Doctor Who film being directed by Tim Burton. Might do a good job. Tom Hardy again. I think he's too good looking. Yeah. Yeah. What's he been in? Ginger hair. <laughs> Nothing wrong with ginger. Yeah, well, he should be a ginger, shouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, should be a ginger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I'm not. Um, Robert Patterson, who no, I think now is far sorry. too young and mm-hmm. inexperienced. He's um, uh, a vampire. Twi- Twilight. vampire in Twilight. Oh, okay. Is he American? No. No, he's English. No, he's he played, he played Cecil in Harry Potter. C- Cedric Diggory. Cedric, Cedric, that was it. Um, okay. And that's it. Can we think of any others we'd add to the list? <sighs> Joseph Patterson. William Shatner. Yay! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and what about companions? Who should be a good? I think Sean Connery is a companion. <laughs> <laughs> Enough with the Sean Connery. You could twist his ankle. Have to rescue him. Get a bit old and a bit doddery now. Yes. Well, this is why he would need to be rescued a lot. And they could sacrifice him. Yeah, it's not, it's not a virgin, is it? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> what are writers, though? I think uh, Neil Gaiman. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. yeah. That would be wonderful. He's got a big name in Hollywood as a writer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He obviously knows Doctor Who. Yeah. And I don't think he'd take any rubbish from the, uh, yes. the studio. The suits. Yeah. Well, I did read somewhere that one writer that won't be doing it will be Russell T. Davis. Oh, he's written. He's written himself out of the Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, now whether that's the, the case or not, but I did read one of the reviews where it said, and it will not be written yeah. by Russell T. Davis. Why not get Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett together one more time? <laughs> Again. No, yeah. one contender for the Doctor Who role, um, Yoan Griffith. Who's he? Um, what is he? In, well, he's uh, in Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, Hornblower. Oh, yes. Mm. Yes. yes I know that. Steve Moffat could write it. <laughs> Paul Cornell! <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, shit, have we got any other like news? The Is there any other news? Yeah. He has. Yeah. Uh, more Doctor News then. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, there's more negative stuff as well. Oh. Rip-off official convention oh, coming. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, God, yeah, have you seen the price? Uh, yeah. <laughs> as if BBC Worldwide aren't already seen as opportunist, opportunistic parasites <laughs> feeding off fans and BBC licence fee-funded content, now they have announced that what may well be the most expensive Doctor Who convention ever. The two-day official Doctor Who convention is to be held in Cardiff on the 24th and 25th of March 2012. You can be one of 1,500 allowed into the building each day for £99. What? Yes, £99 per day. Actually, £104.20, including booking fee. Both days have identical single-track activities, so there's little point attending both. What's more, if you'd like a photo or autograph of Matt Smith, you have to pay an extra £25 for each of those, except you can only buy one of those per day. So if you want both, you have to go on both days. Along with Matt Smith, the other person you can have an autograph or photo session with is Stephen Moffat, the vast toffee. Amen. 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 After many cries of rip-off, the vast <laughs> toffee has clearly had a word with someone, as his, now, his are now free. Yeah, well <laughs> done, The official Moff. convention site now says... After consultation with Stephen Moffat, we have agreed that the limited, guaranteed... Autograph signing and photography opportunity with him will be offered on a comp- complimentary basis. As this opportunity is limited due to time constraints, we will be holding a competition in the next few weeks for a photograph. Your <laughs> 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 Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> or autograph with Stephen. Thank you. I thought she said so, she was going to never use that voice again. So yeah. all 1,500 both days won't get no, no. their photo and autograph with no. them. They're going to have a competition. It's a select And event. I think to call it a two-day convention is a bit of a yeah, swindle. It's a one when day it's repeated. a one-day convention, yeah. repeat And what happens yeah. when they get a couple more guests who aren't willing to 
do it all for free say karen gillen comes along and you have another 20 quid for her autograph and another 20 quid for a picture i think we worked it out with a couple of decent guests you're knocking on 300 quid that's before you book your hotel get your travel have your foods yeah it's a rip-off bbc you should be ashamed of yourself and if it's a single track that just means that there's one event at a time isn't there so there's something on you don't like there's nothing else to go and do do. there's no alternatives and they're talking they're they're saying we're making you know the the reason the expenses we're going to make it the best event we can they're going to have uh, people being put in to make up live which we saw at gallifrey 30 odd pounds for the weekend yeah I hate Q&A to... with Matt Smith and Stephen Muffet. Which we've done before. Yeah. We've seen at uh, yeah. BFI and things like that. Sorry, hate... but the people who do the best conventions are the fans. Yeah. yeah. I hate to break it to you, BBC. You aren't very good at conventions. No, conventions aren't something you can do corporate in that kind well, of way. Most of the stuff you're going to think of, the fans will have done. The fans will have done it probably just as well, will have done it cheaper, and will have done it more enjoyable because they're not looking at making money out of it. There are people listening to this who will never have gone to a Doctor Who Society event twice back when they were in the heydays. But those of us that are listening that went to Panopticons, they were the most rigid conventions in their day. You couldn't get near the fans or anything. But they sound like they were a damn sight more fun than this is going to be. Yeah. Well, forgive me if I'm wrong, but the last one they did is the Longley. It is. Yeah. £4.50, was it? Yeah, £4.50. <laughs> and as I have, have... money. money. I, yeah, I have a shirt quid somewhere that it states that I survived the queues at Longley. You couldn't <laughs> move. Yeah. But you had, what, three or four doctors there? Yeah, three or four doctors. Yeah. It was a two-day event. It was different things going on at different times. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, there will be... 1,500 people that will happily pay this out this each day. Two yeah. to 300 mm-hmm. yeah. ahead, yeah. 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 It's all about money. Ka-ching. Yeah. And maybe this is then testing the waters for uh, 2013. 12, yeah. Mm. We're going to put a challenge out here. We're going to challenge someone out in fandom to come up with a convention the same weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, the weekend before, I think, is um, Star Fury, where Matt Smith is going to be. It's something like... Eighty pound for three days. Yeah. Oh, funny yeah. that. Mm, was yeah. it? Well, I mean, they're normally held at uh, hotels anyway. So. Yeah, I think it is a hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere like, like Birmingham, I think. Mm-hmm. So, is that the news, or is there any more I have news? An, I have an addendum. Ooh, yeah, there is some more. Your addendum? Mm-hmm. Oh, there is some more news. Oh, oh well, there is some more news. Well, we'll leave the addendum till last. Yeah. Okay, okay. You have the news. news. <laughs> He's sexy as well, in a sort of youthful, <sighs> unsullied yeah. kind of way. Stop saying that now. But look at him. Who? That's our pats. In an unsullied kind of yeah, way, you know. Karen, you just, we haven't even got through the news yet. Right, quick fire news roundup. I'll do the first one. Okay. Russell Tovey has quit being human. Mm. Werewolf oh. George exits early in season four. End of mm. being human. Well, yeah. Possibly. He couldn't live without Aiden, apparently. Yep. Uh, Merlin's little Mordred. Aza Butterfield, Aza, Aza, Aza Butterfield offered Ender Wiggins in Ender Game film. Mm, so uh, Misfits returned to E4, all with record-beating ratings: 1.8 million viewers plus 0.4 million in on 4OD. NBC has greenlit Brian Fuller's pilot for his reimagining of The Monsters. Oh <laughs> yes. And that's that the reimagining word again, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, yeah. And that's the off. end mm. of the quickfire news roundup. Right. Doctor Who film be a reimagining. Mm. <laughs> yes, and um, right, an addendum. An addendum. Yes, yes as myself and my, my <laughs> beloved wife, <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yes, um, after looking on uh, Amazon. Oh, yes, yeah. bad news for uh, music lovers everywhere. Oh, oh God. No. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, William Shatner's latest offering, <laughs> yes, Seeking Major Tom, was released on the 7th of November. Oh, why <laughs> would he do mm. that? And if anyone so much as thinks about buying it yeah, from you for Christmas, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you mean. You've got four copies of it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have all been warned. Have you, have you got a rendition of it you could no, give us? No, no, <laughs> no. I, no. No, God, no. You just had to bring that out. <laughs> Any more addendums? No, 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 no more addendums. No more addendums. Quick, stop the news before you start singing. Captain, how soon can you land? I can't tell. You can tell me I'm a doctor. And now, for your delectation and enjoyment. Guess the Okay. okay, who wants who wants to be the thing? I'll be the thing. Okay. I'll be the thing. <laughs> All right. Is it some? Um, is it a human being? No. Is it an alien? No. Oh, is it a life form? Who we should have started with? <laughs> Probably <laughs> considering last week. Um, is it? Hang about. She's not said that yet. Sorry. Possibly. Is it, uh, is it an earthly thing? No. Oh. Is it a vegetable? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even answering that one. <laughs> probably a no, then. Is it a Doctor Who thing? Of course. It is a Doctor Who podcast. Of course it's a Doctor Who thing. <laughs> no, I was going to guess a Star Trek thing, so... No. Does Who it move of its own volition? It moves. It moves? Of its own volition. It moves. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it a planet? No. Is it an underwater thing? I don't think it's actually ever been underwater. Mm. So it's on land, then? It has been on land. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Is it a tone? Is, <laughs> is it a ringtone? No, it's not a ringtone. <laughs> is it something the Doctor carries on his person? No. <laughs> is it... Something the Doctor could carry if he wanted to. Very difficultly, no. Very difficultly. <laughs> Very difficult thing to do so, but probably no. Uh. Mm. And so it's Has not... it ever attacked anybody? No. Um, no. <laughs> I don't I think so. Have I talking to anybody? Sorry? Have I talking to anybody? No. Is it... Well, maybe the Doctor, but no. Mm. You know, but kind you? of like as part of something else, yeah. Is it the TARDIS? Part of. Um, part of. Oh, part of. Mm. Is it Idris? No. Idris. <laughs> That's the dragon from um. What was it? The Doctor's wife. It's Idris. No. <laughs> no. Um, is is it, the Doctor's wife called Idris? Is it the uh, telepathic circuits? No, but you're getting warmer. Mm. Is it the time rotor? Yay! (laughs) 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 See, and she did it without being rude. (laughs) Despite the very phallic up up, down down down. down. (laughs) (laughs) Goes back and forth. Anyway (laughs) 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 We've been watching a video. Yay! Well, some Given that it's that. not 1983, we've been watching a DVD. Yes. <laughs> we've been watching Day of the Daleks. As, as, as the episode of Doctor Who we've been watching is from the great, omnipotent, 
Heads time. I think we need to say <laughs> oh, yes. all hail the head of Pertwee. All hail the head of Pertwee. All hail cardboard Grunhilda and various other knobnackers. All hail Graham. Graham. Just a quick note. The head of Pertwee is staring directly at fake Crumbly and she is getting rather freaked out by it. She is. She is actually. She's got his all. Yeah. Winky a little bit. Head <laughs> the head has got no. his stats on. He can't turn his head around. He just turned back. Yeah. 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 Mm. Would you Would you like to touch the head of Pertwee? <laughs> <laughs> to touch the head. Touch him. Touch him. He'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, yes. boys and girls. Yeah. Back in 1971, cast your mind back in time. <laughs> 1972, actually, 1st of January. 1972, but it was filmed on the 13th of September 1971. I was two. It was a season opener, wasn't it? It was. Shouting noise. Go away. (laughs) And one of the things to remember, at that point in time, the IRA were trying to blow up most of mainland Europe. Palestine was fighting for independence. It was. And terrorism attacks were all over the world. This might sound vaguely familiar. (laughs) This is the backdrop to a story about a bunch of time travelling terrorists. Was it freedom fighters? It, it depends, depends, depends on your point of view. So, Day of the Daleks, Mr. Pertwee at his best with a, Joe Grant. A proper time travel story. Yeah, and yeah. Usually it, for Doctor and, Who. Yeah, it was probably one of the first timey-wimey stories. Yeah. Yes. And also one of the first self-fulfilling prophecy stories, mm-hmm. which sure may sound all. really cliche now, but all, they did new, it then. first. Yeah. Mm. Mm. As, um, as you said, it's from the beginning of what? Pertwee's third... Jane, shut up. <laughs> beginning of Pertwee's third season, so he's at the top of his game at the moment. Yep. Everything yep. is in place. He's he's acting comfortably. Yeah. Looking dashing. Oh, yes. Looking oh, in his purple-lined coat. Doesn't yes. he look good? Yes. As I keep saying, the only two people who can carry off wearing a velvet jacket is either Jimi Hendrix or John Pertwee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or a drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> this, this one covers two periods of time. You're set in 1970s England, where... Was it 1980s? 1980s. You do notice there is a point where Joe has to ask, tell someone the date, and he says, oh, you've told me the year. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a peace conference is being called because the world is on the brink of war. Again. And then you've that- got 200 and... 20, is it 2020, yeah. roughly? Where war has obviously broken out, mankind fell to bits, and the Daleks came along and took over. And they're the two time zones you flip between. 22nd century. Yeah. 22nd century. As, as a side point, there through that period of Doctor Who, purpose, there seemed to be a semi-official arc running through with uh, Chinese... A delegation mm. in the world going to war because oh, really? the previous season we had the um talons of wenchang yeah no no, no. no the the master story with the there were mind robber no, oh yes mind robber the um yeah i know the one you mean yeah with uh the the cat the the, yeah, the brain machine, <laughs> the brain machine that wiped people's minds but i think this is also about the era when um the the reds under beds were still around oh, yeah russia Definitely. and china were still you know up. the rest of it Although, on the uh i think it was on the the commentary yeah uh barry let's just say they deliberately did not make it the russians yeah no. as would have been 
common Expected, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. They want to say a bit in the future and be a bit different about yeah. it. Yeah. I do think they missed a trick because you could have actually had the first entire episode without visually seeing the Daleks. And well. they could have actually had mucked about with their voices so that you thought it was just... And, and originally it wasn't written with the Daleks either. No. It was written yeah. with just the future yeah. people. And I think they could have actually called it something other than Day of the Daleks. The title would have given it away. A bit. And had the Daleks in the first one. I think they missed a trick slightly there in actually bringing the Daleks in and making it a bit of a surprise. They did have a reason, of course, to get people in. Yes. Because yes. they, they haven't been well. seen for several years, the Daleks, yeah. have they? It was, yeah, um, I think it was like the longest gap. Because the last one was uh, Evil of the Daleks. Yeah, oh, yeah and Pertwee's first Dalek story, third so, season of his. But yeah. you've only had three Daleks in this one, <laughs> Only no, three. No, they moved around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two bluey grey ones and one gold well, one. It's the first time they were in colour as well. Yes. Mm. That's true, yeah. yeah. So we were all surprised to learn that Daleks are actually pink. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they... Yeah, but how I can they be grey? Oh, yes. <laughs> how voice, can they, they be gold and grey blue if we were all watching black, black and white? Black and white, yeah. <laughs> when they were silver. Mm, their yeah. voices had gone a bit funny as yeah. well between their last season and yeah. this one. <laughs> And oh, the voices um, are the only thing that really bothered me. Oh, they, um, yeah. I think after this episode they got better, but they were yeah, they very nineteen sixties. Must talk at the same speed as little man is flashing the, the lights. lights. <laughs> they, they were like they were robots. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Obviously, as we said, it's been a few years since the lights have appeared. They've forgotten how to do yeah. it. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. And the special edition they did did improve that. Did um, they do get Nick Briggs to do it? They got they Nick Briggs yeah. in to do, not the Dalek voices he does for the new series. The Maniac yeah. ones. But a slightly different, but a better Dalek yeah. voice than originally went out. Yeah. I think I would happily listen to that. Yeah. I think, <laughs> in, uh, in terms of the... the a, I, I like the fact that you actually had the original and the remastered version ah, of this, so you can choose either no. or. From no, the you didn't. Eh? You didn't. Didn't have the original? It's not the original. Certain things have been tweaked. Certain oh, yeah. things have been removed from the untouched copy. Yeah. Really? Like what? Uh, the Joe's not in it anymore. No, there's, there's, <laughs> there's one scene which they regrade from to make it from daylight into nighttime. Okay. The, they remove the scene where the... Oh, God, I'm sounding very sad. No, now. this is yeah. in the... That's on the remake. Yeah. No, 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 it's not. Because they removed the scene where the controller asks, was there any complications? And you've got this, this slow-witted Ogron going, no, no, no complications. They also removed the very subtly whispered whisper of the Ogron going, you bastard, when um, we yes. wax him, him over yeah. bed. Uh, <laughs> yes. I like the fact you, you don't have to have the remastered one. But there were things in the original, and apparently it rankled at the time, as in, the, here, here she goes, it gets on her high horse on, again, then. as in the Doctor shoots an ogre on, totally <gasps> unprovoked. Ooh, I'm not entirely <laughs> unprovoked. It wasn't attacking him, he ran round the corner and shot it. Ooh, and they did actually say, at the time, they, they it, it jarred with the whole ethos of yeah. the programme as yeah. well. But I did also love the fact that um, a bit more Pertwee came out in the, this is very nice oh, wine. The wine and, and cheese. Wine and cheese. Yes. That was wonderful. <laughs> the wine and, one man wine and cheese party. Yeah. <laughs> now, one thing I will say about 
Day of the Daleks is it was a very sort of small Dalek invasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. there's only three of them. Props. It is a shame <laughs> the producer Barry Letts and even yeah. Terence Dix does criticise the director quite it was a bit. Badly, <laughs> it was badly yeah. shot because you've got this massive wide open field, yeah. four Ogrons and three Daleks. Mm. Yeah. Looking very small. Well, they could have just gone in nice but and they close. They should have gone in for a close up shot. And it was all done on film as well, yeah. so mm. you could easily cut. It's yeah. quite cheap and yeah. easy to cut film compared to what they were doing in the studio with videotape that time. Yeah. So they could have made it quite good, yeah. but maybe didn't have the time. Or mm. I just don't think the director had the knowledge. Who was how the director? The, uh, and, had, and had he done any before or since? Paul Bernard. Mm. I think he had done more Who. He also did uh, Time Monster and Frontier in Space. I know originally this wasn't written as a Dalek story. No, no. And they put the Daleks in. Um, and I think it was a little more hurried than they intended it to be, yeah. so that may be it. Yeah. I don't know what would have happened at the end there before the Daleks were introduced. Mm. Yeah. Would it just been the Ogrons? It I could, think it could was. have just been either the Ogrons or just all down to the gorillas. Yeah, I was going to say, there was no real reason for no. the Daleks to be no. in it. No. And why did they put them in? Because they, ratings. Uh, they ratings. Ratings. Yeah. ratings to get people to watch it. I, I did actually watch the the revised version, I, I, I watched and the I liked the way they did the time travelling yeah. bit, and it reminded me of City of Death. Yeah, slightly with that. I liked the guest appearance from an old flame of mine. Oh yes, Kevin yes. Loosely. Oh, he died well. <laughs> he from who shot? Yeah. They yeah. actually filmed some new bits, and some of the cuts, like. Uh, in the original, you've you've got the two ogrons, and one is like, you know, how do you go? Well, well, yeah. and then the other, we were fine. They cut out the one that forgot to speak ogron, <laughs> and they actually made the ogron shoot first, mm, so yeah. that Pert we could shoot him yeah. back. And also yeah. the uh, ray guns. The, yeah, the um, troopers went splat. Flat. And the, they didn't just disappear when they, they exterminate the mm. Daleks. Exterminate. It's a more modern Skeleton. extermination. And there's some other little bits like yeah. the Dalek viewport has a green line that runs yeah. down it. Yeah, I wasn't so sure about that. Screen. Also, the... for us some purists, should we be buying T-shirts that say "The Doctor Shot First? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's when when we saw Enlightenment. I think all of us agreed that some of the remakes on the Enlightenment weren't weren't good. In fact, worse. Like where some she goes. Effects into the, mm. the, the column to talk oh, to yeah, the, yeah. yeah, it was worse. Yeah. This is one where most of the effects, I think, are better or yeah. good. The one thing I don't think it needed, and this really bugs me why they seem to think people have short-term memories. On the original, Joe touches the box, spins through space, and ends up in a room that is very obviously... Alienish, yeah. and I figured out she has gone into the future. Apparently, kids can't work that out now. You have to show them an exterior scene of an alien place somewhere in the future. Well, no. Why? What was that scene in there for? I've got to disagree with that. I've got to not there, but I've got to disagree with that because um, the the future shots you occasionally saw was just bomb sites, and you you didn't know the future shots in the original one were just bomb sites yeah. and buildings. There were three. T- Tower blocks. Yeah, um, but in in the redone one, you have tower box with obey scrolled down. It yes. looked more in suiting with what the Daleks would have done. Mm-hmm. It just looked out of place to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like telegraphing. You are in another area. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was. I quite like that myself because it does give you a, a sense of place which you don't get if it yeah. just appears in the anonymous room somewhere. But no, I quite enjoyed most of the amendments to the new one. 
Um, one thing I found bloody annoying was the gorilla's inability to speak in contractions. <laughs> it was all, I am going over here. I will not be pleased if you do that. No, we cannot do that. It is a bad thing. <laughs> Nt is, Nt. It's, it's an acceptable thing to say. Just because you're a gorilla doesn't mean you can't say it. <laughs> one, and one it saves time. <laughs> one of the things that I noticed... Yeah on the um, untreated version <laughs> is when you have the beginning of the episode you have the brief little recap of the cliffhanger mm-hmm. you've also oh, got yeah. the scream yeah. the, the who scream the, the theme tune on the soundtrack it was pretty bad wasn't it yeah. it happened two or three times if yeah I think it happened yeah. every time yeah I don't know why presumably they couldn't take it out yeah. Yeah. I have to admit I did love one part of this mm. on either version which I think was classic Joe Grant was known for one thing her scream <laughs> uh, so they no, actually no, made a whole scene for her where she had to just scream <laughs> <laughs> and there was some good rank pulling by uh, Mike Yates oh, yes. oh, yes. or Benton uh, we like Benton <laughs> and this, I think this was a point at which they'd started to realise that they couldn't have who entirely earthbound and they'd taken the TARDIS away at the behest of the Time Lord. So this was one of the ways of actually getting round him time travelling, yeah. but still being confined to, to Earth. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a few more episodes and then he actually got control yeah, of the... Was, uh, Claws of Axos. Yeah. Not Claws of Axos, Colony in Space Colony previously. Space. Yeah. Previous season where he got to get off Earth. There was a nice scene where the Doctor and Joe see themselves in the future. Oh, yes, yes. which wasn't paid off, unfortunately. No. Uh, Time constraints. The, yeah, I think the scene was actually dropped, but it's in the target book. You see the other side. Yes, you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you don't yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah, it's snipped because of time. Yeah, he, he was nicely annoyed at his um, his self. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his past self. Do you shop bad manners? Yeah. <laughs> but all in all, it's actually, it's it's worth watching. It stands up mm. as a story in its own right. It's mm. one of those ones that whether you watch the original version or the remastered one, the actual story, the acting, and the pace of it stand up quite well to watch. Now you don't find yourself drifting off. To too much or mm. getting annoyed with the length of the story. One so. thing Peter Davison said in um, it's the commentary of Earthshock, he was commenting oh. about how actors know how to die. <laughs> Patrick. Unit soldiers yeah. really don't die well. No. Put your no. arms in the air, wiggle, fall over. Slow motion <laughs> wiggling. <laughs> Slow motion wiggling. Yes. So they invented Disco. their own, the extermination mm. dance. <laughs> yeah. So this is the first story after Delgado died, presumably. I, I don't know. I don't know. So he was in the... Damons, wasn't he? Which is the, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, because he it was in the Damons. He was in uh, Frontier in Space. Oh, is that after this? That's after this. Uh, but were they filmed in the? Oh, I correct. Tell See, because that was one thing I did learn from the um, uh, director thing afterwards. Because the date that this is set is the thirteenth of September, yeah. and it was actually the first day of filming was the thirteenth uh, of September, nineteen seventy-one. Okay. So, any other comments? Worth going, worth buying. If you haven't got it, it is actually one that's worth putting yeah, into the collection. So. 
And yeah. I take it that gold Dalek is the famous gold Dalek from the, uh, the photos. <laughs> I think it is. Oh, sure. that gold Dalek. No, I, I'm not sure if it is or oh, yes, one, that... a bug old Dalek that mm. they just painted gold. Oh, I don't, I, it, don't I think it was the gold Dalek that got close up that got draped over. To, um, <laughs> yeah. Jamie, I don't Joe. know. I mean, construct number two, I'm sh- not sure you know that. There the, will be people there out there a, that don't know. There was um, the doc- think... third Doctor's companion was called Joe Grant, and mm. she was played by someone called Katie Manning. And after she left the series, she appeared naked in Playboy, well, draped over a Dalek. No, no she was completely fully naked. naked. Yep. That's disturbing. <laughs> yeah. we've, we've, actually, we've actually seen the photographs, because mm, yes. someone turned up at a convention yes. with yeah. the Playboy magazine, and took it along for her to sign. And she opened it, and all you heard was giggle, and went, oh, that's where everything used to be. Yeah. <laughs> You're holding out for the Karen Gillan to do the same. <laughs> yes, I think the Dalek should have been naked too. Well, he was showing his balls. Oh. Oh. I was just disgusting. <laughs> Sorry. So, yes, go out, bombshell. go out and buy. Yeah, it's a good DVD set. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would recommend it. And now another game. Guess the alien. All right, I've got, I've got an alien. I've got okay. an alien. Uh, okay. Let's get started. Okay. Is it a TV alien or a film alien? That's not yes or no. Is it a TV alien? No. Is right. it a film alien? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it from Star Wars? No. Is it from Star Trek? Yes. Oh. Is it humanoid? <laughs> they are all humanoid um, in Star Trek. What, as wow. in, has it got two arms, head. two legs, and a head? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is it a clean on? No. Is it single gendered? Well, I only saw one of them. Only and one. that one was single gendered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was it male? I don't know. <laughs> ah. Did it have a bumpy forehead? Oh, no, I don't no. think it did. Because I already asked if it yeah, was a Klingon. Other things have a bumpy foreheads. <laughs> Everything in Star Trek has a bumpy forehead. Yeah. Okay. Is it a colour other than black or flesh tone? Yes. Ooh. Is it grey? No. Okay. Did it have anything funny with its ears? <laughs> no. Okay. Mm. Okay, so it's not Bomblin then. It's not. <laughs> no. Mm. So Is it's it not... green? I, yes, I think it was green. Mm. Is it furry? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the name of the alien? Um, it was never actually given a name, so no. Oh, it was called you. You? What you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so was it the slave girl? No. So it's male then. Star Trek. If I had to guess, I would say it was male, but mm. that was never established. Cool. I've got you fooled, you're never going to get it. <laughs> da, 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 da. Was, it, was Captain, did Captain Kirk encounter it? The original William Shatner Captain no. Kirk. So, so oh. Kirk didn't bonk it. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> was it an original Star Trek film? No. Okay. That was a good guess, Adam. Well done. <laughs> So it's in a next generation uh, film? No. Oh. What other films are there from Star Trek? New Star Trek film. Yes. Ah. Mm. So it was an alternate Star Trek yes. film. Yes. Mm. Right. Okay. Is it oh, a crew God. member on the Enterprise? No. Ah. It might have become later, ah. but it wasn't when we met it. Oh, Scotty's little friend? Yay! I was hoping someone would ask about the eyes because they were wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. What was his name? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> get down to you. Yeah, get down, get down you. Yeah. Don't do that, you. 
Perhaps it was called you. Deep Roy, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, if I quote, I think it was Getif. Getif. Yeah. Uh, maybe because there's a scene of him doing the Oompa Loompa dance mm, what, dressed up as uh, yeah. mm. one of the outtakes <laughs> has anybody been writing to us after your rant that scared everyone yeah. off and I had to apologise yeah we had to grovel we had to lick mm. bottom to make people write to us again <laughs> El Presidente went round telling people yeah. if you're not going to write less than X amount oh, of words right, don't yeah. write to mm. us Ooh, no one wrote to us Jean had to show her boobs on the podcast to get people to we right had again. no feedback last None at all. Not wow. one. And the None thing was still over an hour long. <laughs> <laughs> These people can waffle for Britain. Thank you. Hi, Adam. We love you. <laughs> Every night. Grumpy old git. <laughs> <laughs> He's right here, you know. I know he, he is. <laughs> we have got a couple of bits of feedback. Oh. Are they audio feedback? One of them is, but two are not. I have a piece of feedback here from Misha Anker. Oh, hello, hello, Misha. Misha. Hello, Staggerers. Just a quickie from me. The department store in closing time is House of Fraser stroke Howells in Cardiff. I worked there very briefly. And the pretend location of the toy department in relation to the rest of the shop would appear to be the location of the photo studio where I worked. (gasps) She's walked in Matt Smith's footsteps before he footstepped. (laughs) Lots of love, Uh Misha. Thank, Thank you, Misha. Misha. Yeah. See, Thank she you. kept it brief, she kept it to the point. Is Misha a girl's name? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said it was about ranting. But oh, yeah, sorry. Right, <laughs> We've heard from Sarah Jackson. Hello, Hello Sarah. She says, no, it's, it's Sarah, actually. She spells it the same as my sister, whose name is Sarah. Oh, don't okay. you get all picky about the names <laughs> with me? Yeah, I don't know. She says, Hello, Staggering Stories team, and hello, Head of Pertwee. Lots of L's in there. <laughs> I first became aware of your podcast at Gallifrey One, Islands of Mystery, ooh, ooh, when I ooh. saw the Head of Pertwee being carried around with an ever-growing <laughs> stream of ribbons attached to his badge. Yes. <laughs> yes. My first reaction was, what the heck is that? <laughs> but then I found out what the disembodied head was all about, and when I came home, promptly subscribe to your podcast thank you i have finally been listening regularly and i'm immensely enjoying the silliness and shenanigans excellent use of the word shenanigans (laughs) you spelt it right i love you you don't hear that enough in today's (laughs) vocabulary (laughs) on the subject of spoilers i hate them (laughs) i hate them with a fiery passion that burns in the depth of my soul (laughs) sarah's brilliant she's got a grasp Adam and Mr. M, who object to plot points and returning monsters being revealed, are tame compared to me. That is how much I hate spoilers. (laughs) I don't even want to know the titles of upcoming episodes. I've spat on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) She better not watch YouTube, then, and the um, Children in Need thing that went out yesterday. Occasionally, the title misleads you, or is vague enough, like Demon's Run. The adventure isn't given away, but most of the time you have a pretty good idea of what will happen just by the title. For instance, <laughs> it came as no surprise that in Vampires of Venice we went to Venice and there were vampires True, Sarah calm down <laughs> I would rather not know and I want to be as surprised by where we are this week as the crew of the TARDIS technically they have read a script I think she's channeling Sarah. <laughs> I think she is. <laughs> is this one of your alter egos? Is this really a real person, or is this just you writing? Well, maybe. I'm... What was that? 
bit of blank time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I suppose one day I will be found dead behind my couch and the coroner will list head exploded from one too many <laughs> Doctor Who spoilers as cause of death. Season six was a mixed bag of Who for me. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the arc stories, but many of the non-arc stories fell out of place and disjointed. Start again. I enjoyed the arc stories, but many of the non-arc stories felt out of place and disjointed from the rest of the season. I found this especially the case after Demon's Run, when you are taken on random adventures and the whole time are left wondering why are Amy and Rory content to run around the universe and not demanding the Doctor focus on finding their daughter instead? You said that all with one breath. I did. It was really good. I find I prefer the more subtle story arcs for Who, such as the Bad Wolf and Missing Planet arcs, where everything is pulled together in the last two to three stories and your head has exploded and you are compelled to rewatch the series to pick up all the little clues you didn't pay attention to the first time around. Her head explodes a lot. Yeah, how many times has he put on them head exploding? I can live with those arcs. Okay. Okay. Torchwood. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Torture wood. First off, <laughs> may, may I say, <laughs> we got to watch Torchwood before you did. May we say, really? oh, aren't you lucky? <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's terribly mean of me. I'm guessing Sarah isn't writing in this accent. No, no probably not. not. But now you know the torture that we Americans endure when the UK gets Doctor Who and we have to wait a few weeks to see it. Anyway, I think it was pretty much brilliant. (laughs) The miracle itself was a bit of a letdown. (laughs) As they never really explained what it really is and why humanity was suddenly undying or why this would be desirable. Perhaps there will be a follow-up series, though, as they do hint that the families aren't done yet. And, of course, Rex's sudden ability to return to life, just the way that Captain Jack does, needs to be explored. Well, I was going to write a feedback that was, that was exactly 999 words, just so that it was under a 1,000, as established by, I think it was Fake Keith in episode 111. But I've run out of things to say for now. Thanks for putting together such a fun podcast, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Yes. Forget what I was going to say. Forgot what I was going to say here. PPS. Oh, yes. Now I've remembered. Hope to see the team at Gallifrey 12. I will have a ribbon for the head of Pertwee. Oh, we're not going to Gallifrey 12 can't afford it. We're going to Gallifrey 13. Yes. Adam just hit my microphone. I'm going to punch him in the scrotum. <laughs> he was being attacked yeah. by a swarm of bees, a.k.a. Yeah. his mobile phone. His mobile phone. Bad form there. Bad by, form. By Thank the you, way, Sarah. That was yes. wonderfully yes. written. Thank you, Sarah. And by the way, Hedda Pertwee still has his entire yeah. stream of ribbons. He really he does. does. Yeah. They're, They're very long. Yes. yes he you has. notice how it's got really mm. dark outside? Yes. That's because it is five yeah. o'clock. Wow. Yeah. And, We're and Bill's this probably going to be pissed by now in the pub. <laughs> you can't say pissed on a podcast. Yes, I can. Because you could have got a spit guard or a puff guard. <laughs> you can bleep it out. Uh, it's too late. You already said it. Um, that swarm of bees, was it anyone in particular? That was Chris's aunties. That threw bees. Right. Is he making his own way? Or? No. Okay. okay. <laughs> We're going to wrap right. up. Soon. Okay. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, thank you Sarah. Yeah. And I'm going to count those words mm. now. And if it's over yeah, a thousand... Mm. There'll be letters. <laughs> Was that all of it in terms of written feedback? It's all the written feedback. And we Thank have... you, two people. We love you. Thank you. How much audio feedback do we have? We have one audio feedback. Who's it from? It's from Luke. Oh, hello, hello, Luke. Luke. 
Hello again, Staggerers, and uh, whoever's in the room today. Um, Cardboard Amy and Dangerous Churchill and Nazi Spock and (laughs) the head of Pertwee, whoever else is there. And uh, yes, so this is just uh, another update in the ongoing Babylon 5 saga. I have now completed the box set, which, um, due to your recommendation, I purchased at the beginning of the year. It's taken me a while. But I will um, just confine myself to uh, season 5 and and do another feedback at some point with detailing the various movies and... uh, and spin-off. Yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, knowing a little bit about the production, uh, having read a little bit, um, the structure of season five becomes clear due <laughs> to the fact that JMS initially thought that maybe they were going to cancel after four, and so he moved yeah. some plot elements back uh, into into season four. Yeah. Uh, and so season five suffers because of that, because yes. uh, yep. obviously some of the uh, revelations that would have happened in it have already happened, and it and it sort of feels a bit like it's gearing up to to tell another a story. And in fact, there yes. are several threads started in in series se- season five which don't really pay off. Um, uh, particularly the yeah. whole Londo Moliari story, you feel there's there's definitely more traction in that. And uh, I still don't know what is in that vase that he gives ah. to uh, Delane and Sheridan for their sons. What, it, what is it? Twenty first birthday. Or Anybody know? Anybody know if there's a theory out there? Has yes. JMS ever said? Yeah, I did ask him on Twitter, but he didn't yeah, respond. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, I guess he's probably got a big following. So that said, there were there was uh, enough enjoyable stuff in Babylon Five. Um, I actually probably in the final analysis prefer uh, the new character Lockley. Took a while to get used oh. to her, but at least she knows how to pronounce her own name. <laughs> <laughs> Predecessor. Yes. And uh, due to the, the wibbly wobbly timey wimeyness, although we we see uh, Jakar and uh, Londo's <laughs> untimely end uh, in season three, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, we get to uh, well, see Jakar finish off. Uh, in a much better way in terms of the, the where season five finishes with him, although you know that he's eventually going to die. He, he has his kind of, kind of wandering off into the into the sunset mm. moment. And it's nice um, to see uh, Dylan and Sheridan have their happy ever after. Uh, you <laughs> think they've, uh, I think they, they've deserved it after all that they've yeah. been through. So uh, thank you very much uh, for suggesting this this wonderful series. I was probably a little young at the time <laughs> for it, and so missed it when it was on. Um, and uh, and now I've had a chance to catch up on five um, brilliant se- seasons of uh, of uh, American sci-fi. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as I say, I will come back later with um, feedback on the the rest of the box set. But for now, I would just uh, say I think there was some talk a while back of um, staggering stories taking on uh, Tony Galishon in some kind of quiz. Galishon! Um, <laughs> <laughs> to do that. But given Tony's constant uh, moaning about the fact that nobody's ever beaten him in my quiz yeah. on my podcast, yeah. I thought I would offer myself as a staggering stories champion. Yes. So uh, to you, if you'll have me, and to Tony. Yeah. Gauntlet thrown down. Uh, somebody can pick it up and run with it at some point. I would happily represent you, staggerers, uh, in a face-off on Doctor Who trivia with oh. the Galishon. I like this anyway, man. I, I like him. Not too long. I'll let you get back to nattering amongst yourselves. Ta-ra. Thank you, Brave man, too. Please yeah. be our champion. Yes. <laughs> All I can say is, if he hasn't already seen it, move on to Firefly after Babylon. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely, yeah. Crusade 2, which doesn't quite hit heights. But it was done together, yeah. I think, mm. but cruelly cut off. Oh, we have one final bit, which oh, oh, I nearly oh, oh. forgotten. Asked oh. Ian, send me a reminder, which is just as well. Uh, just a quick reminder. 
about the fan charity project You and Who. They're now taking pre-orders at Hearst Books with all authors' profits for children in need. Details here on Regent Times, which put a link up. All promos gratefully received. And while I'm doing bits of Who and other entertainment news, including those big finish reviews, my thoughts on Silence of Time and Phantasmagoria are also up there. Hearst also have a Michael Troughton's biography of his father out too. On the subject of movie news, for a positive take on ideas, you could do worse than reading the J.R. Southall's comments on Starburst. A great oh, yeah. positive take on the news of the, yeah. of the film. Have a great party. Cheers, Ian. Thank, Thank you, Ian. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. You and Who is called this book. Hearst Books, which I know is a bit controversial these days. Why? Uh, there was a big bust-up between uh, Tim Hurst and... Uh, what's her name? Polly. Annika, Annika Wills. Wills. Annika Wills, yeah. Yeah, a very public bust-up between Annika Wills and mm. Tim Hurst, mm. where she basically called him a crook. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all going to court. Don't you love it when old people just say what they think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So if people want to write to us, where do they write to us at? They write to us via show at staggering stories dot net. Jane, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> no, just say woohoo. No, I don't want to go. Really? You can't force her to go woohoo. <laughs> She'll go woohoo in her own time. <laughs> <laughs> Please, we would like your feedback. Quick, we Mexican do appreciate wine. it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we would like your feedback. Oh yes. Please yes, don't please. put El Presidente off. Let him put you off. <laughs> <laughs> He's the grump. Well we're going bye bye. <laughs> you speak. And so dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. But never fear, there'll be more of the same in the next one. There'll be more fun frivolity and jollity, more news and reviews, more who old and new. So so until that pestilential, precious procreation of a programme comes around. (laughs) (laughs) This is me. (laughs) This is me, Crumbly, saying be seeing you. Bye. Farewell. Goodbye. Au revoir. Take care. Goodbye. You have been listening to Staggering Stories Podcast, Series 1, Number 120, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fake Keith, Gene Riddler, and The Real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker, and don't necessarily represent those other speakers on the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this podcast is a Fake Keith production for www.staggeringstories.net. With the inevitable ball in the ball. <laughs> inevitable ball. How many bees is that? You can't speak at all, can't you? No. What are you teasing, woman? The inevitable... P- p- flip. <laughs> you almost, ah, you're almost horrible. You almost said Don there. I nearly did say Don. <laughs> With, you already did. Shut your noise. With the inevitable petition... It's the word petition that's bothering <laughs> <laughs> And again... Inevitable. <laughs> oh. I do apologise for my son. <clears throat> Oh, mm. uh, he's only met you a couple of times, but he's throwing paper aeroplanes at your fanny. <laughs> <laughs> yes! You know, most poshest um, an- announcer's voice. Yes. Just say. You should have gone before we started! <laughs> no, you don't no. say that. <laughs> okay. You should have, you should have gone, gone before, before you started! started. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> C- Jamie's C- got a fez on. Jamie's, Jamie's got, got a fez on. La 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 la. You're all nuts. And now another game. 
which is going to be entitled... Guess the Alien! Come on, Keith, do you say it? No, I don't want to do it now. No, he's playing. He's I, I, I indicated. Did I not indicate over yes, to his yes, direction? Andy jumped in. Just jumped in there. Oh, sorry. Andy, say sorry to Keith. Sorry, Keith. <laughs> so, uh, Keith, shake hands. I was, all, I was all premature. <laughs> Jane was saying. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't heard from Reese. Is he dead? Yeah, he must be. Okay. <laughs> wow, nice. <Fair> <laughs> and we haven't heard from Wynn. No. Yeah, but Wynn's found women. Aww. Well, woman. That's, uh, we, could still, we could still hear from Wynn. <laughs> Go on, orgasm down the microphone for Wynn. <laughs> Hello, Wynn. Oh, come on, now you've just been disturbing. She always is. Mm, no. oh, what else is new? Hello, construct number two. Go away. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Jennifer Gay, one of the children's hour announcers. For the next few minutes, I'd like you to see some of the children's programmes. Every day at five o'clock, we come on the air from this studio, which is the home of Muffin the Mule, Mr Turnip, Prudence, Hank and all the stars of children's are. I'm alone in the studio at the moment because rehearsal hasn't started yet. But before it does, perhaps you'd like to come and have a look round with me. <laughs>